Hey guys, this is Eddie Beveridge. I play Philip on Outsiders. You're currently listening to Bleed TV. Not only the best, but my favorite podcast out there. Hey everybody, this is Jay Adams. I'm double for Ryan Hurst, and you're listening to Bleed TV Podcast. Hey, this is Barrett Hackney. I play Butch on Outsiders. You're listening to my favorite podcast, Bleed TV. This is Tina. I play Sharon on Outsiders, and you're listening to my favorite podcast, Bleed TV. Hi, this is Lori Clatcher. I play Emily. We're listening to Bleed TV Podcast. Hey, this is Tariq Lowe. I play James on Outsiders, and you're listening to Bleed TV Podcast. Yeah! This is Rebecca Harris. I play Letta on Outsiders, and you're listening to my favorite podcast, Bleed TV. This is Mark Jeffrey Miller. I play Craig on The Outsiders, and you're listening to my favorite podcast, Bleed TV. You're listening to Bleed TV, the only podcast today's best shows and movies. I'm Zach. And I'm Cash. And tonight we have the... Outsiders. Season finale. Absolutely season. to call this the series finale. No, there's uh, no chance that this is a series absolutely finale. Absolutely not. This is just one in the chain. I don't care if they call it the Unbroken Chain. Yeah. It is number 213, Unbroken Chain. Unbroken Chain. Um... Uh, you know, before we dive into the episode or anything like we normally do, I want to make sure we get a few mentions in there before we forget. We, we do have a few big announcements to yeah, make. Um, first of all, uh, we've kind of made a leap just for the podcast, going to pimp us a little bit first, yeah. is that we have decided to dive into YouTube a little bit. And so if you know somebody who's not much for podcasts or use phone, whatever it is, and are, can be a YouTube listener, you can check us out using YouTube yeah, now. You so can, we're uh, going to start us, that from this point forward. Subscribe to us on YouTube, nice and easy. Just click the subscribe button. It's just Bleed TV space podcast. There you go. And that's where all our stuff is. Yeah. It's going to be a little bit later than iTunes and stuff, but... It should be out in the same day. There you go. So, you know, just something to try to expand the, um, the pod and do a little thing for people who maybe not have as much easy access or just don't like podcast apps. Some people don't. Yeah. Um, and everyone thing, knows YouTube. Yeah. Um, also want to say thank you to Megan. I think it's Leopard. Is it Leopard? Yes, Leopard. And, uh, L-E- she hit us up and let us know that she found a phone number for Netflix and called and I would call a successful phone call and shared that number with us. So we can all call, which we already have, to make sure to tell them how much we love Outsiders and how great of a show it is. And then we need you to call this number to do the same exact thing because Absolutely. the more calls they get, the, the more, better the odds. Yeah. I mean, that is from the word that's from the horse's mouth as they say yes you know? it's as clear as days it can come from the so horse make sure you got this pen or you got your phone handy and you know tap these digits in there uh the number she gave us which has been proven to work is one eight six six five seven nine seven one seven two and if you missed it just go ahead and hit that rewind button yeah and uh we won't mind at least we'll get an extra little yeah. listen you know helps the pod as they say uh, but yes, that is a number that where you can call and say, "Hey, damn it, pick up Outsiders. The show's amazing. WGN has lost their minds." Whatever. And we know all of you will call because we had such great support for this show on Twitter with yes. all of the amazing how, hashtags. How amazing was it that we were trending that high? Yes, I mean, I mean with uh, two different hashtags. I know. I mean, like is- Shay Must Stay was booming. Um, I was really impressed. We uh, kind of put a personal one out there, you know, believer in mm-hmm. saving Shay, you know. Some people kind of gave me a heads up on that. I thought that was pretty neat. But, uh, yeah, the Shay Must Day thing was great. Um, it was really exciting to see such a good turnout, a lot of a lot of love um, for the episode, the series, and everything else. And I hope it pays dividends. Uh, 
it will pay dividends just because, like we said, this was just a season finale, and there's so much more of this show that's going to give us later next year that it, it's going to pay off tenfold. Absolutely. Um, the last thing I want to definitely mention is, is towards the end of the episode, we are going to announce our winners of the contest. Um, we have two winners. We selected a first and second that uh, graciously put some reviews there on iTunes for us. This helps us out so much. Y'all have no idea. Um, unfortunately, iTunes rules the roost with podcasting. They like 75 to 80% of yeah. the media market. And so whenever a person gets more reviews on podcasts, um, as well as more subscribes through iTunes, that means you go up through higher through the search engine, thus meaning we get more popularity to help me. You know, promote but, shows and ourselves. So. On just like a more soulful, soulful note, it, it just means so much that people are going to say such kind words yes. and uh, help us out and just make us feel better because we're not doing this for any money or anything. It's just great to connect with y'all and think that y'all think that highly of us. Yeah, well, like I say all the time, the greatest paycheck is the fans and what they say and they enjoy what we bring to the table. And that right there is uh, – I sleep better at night. Yeah, you know, so. I mean, it, it really means a lot. So, really appreciate you all who did some reviews. If you didn't do it and you missed the contest and you, you feel guilty and you're like, damn it, I should have done one too, go ahead and get, yeah. get you an iTunes account. If you don't have one, find a buddy who's got one on an iPhone. It's pretty simple to do it. The link's still posted, so – Help us out. Uh, but we will be announcing those two winners, um, completely random, and we'll do that towards the end of the show. But I think to now we just get into the episode, man. Season 2, episode 13, Unbroken Chain. Unbroken Chain. What are you thinking? Um, overall? Overall. You know, it's one of those things where it's hard to say I freaking loved it because I was slightly depressed going into watching I, it. I was, I'm not going to lie. I was definitely a little emotional starting it up, you know, watching it live and all that good stuff. Yeah. It, um, so it's not like I was like, hell yeah, this is, you know, like that. I, you know, I, it had a different energy and it, yeah, I just, it's not like my expectations were lower. It just, you know, my mood, I think everybody yeah. understands what I'm saying is, is that when you're watching this, you were sorrowful, from the beginning because you're like, is this it? You know, which I've never said it will be, but it, no you matter what, that feeling. you can't help that feeling, yeah. you know? And so being 100% honest, and if you were to compare this episode on its own merit to other episodes this season, as well as the whole series, it was a strong episode, not my favorite episode. I will agree with that. Um, I thought that we had a lot of great setups in the last episode and everything. And you could tell that this wasn't an end-all episode because we left so much open. Exactly. And I, I like this is that, you know, we do predictions, which mm -hmm. we're terrible on. Whoa, um, whoa. Speak for yourself. I think I got two right. <laughs> out of how many? Hey, <laughs> hey. We, we only focus uh, on the first number. Um, yeah. Um, but, you know, that's something that, uh, you know, if the show is constantly making me wrong and I'm super enjoying it, that's just another credit to the writing. Yes. Um, and, you know, production and everything else. And so how they decided to go about these things with, you know, and these characters and where we left with them is pretty freaking awesome. Uh, not expected at all. Um, and so those were some of the really pleasant surprises of the episode for me. Um, and I look forward to talking about those. So I mean, I think let's dive in and start off. Um, another really, really cool opening. You know, we talked about this a lot in season one, is that this, the show has these amazing openings mm -hmm. where we have really cool visual effects, cinematography, and like that. I just love the storm. I love the flashes of light with Elon and the wolves. Um, I just thought that was really, really 
Well, I mean, I thought it was great that we're, A, paying homage to uh, Elon because he's been such a big part of the series, even though he died in the very first episode. Yes. But you, <laughs> you kind of forget about that because he's been touching all of the characters' lives in the show and kind of manipulating In his own it. unique way, yeah. And, I mean, that's what Peter Matei was talking about in a fantastic interview he gave. Right. And, uh, like you said, we had the three wolves. You know, we thought we might get a fourth wolf because Asa passed away or something but obviously that well, actually he was the meal for yes. the wolves <laughs> so and so he, he did not become a fourth one no um and so just really cool effect you know you got to see hassle you got to see um you know big foster and you know sit around the fire and you know he's and he has this great opening speech and monologue of you know a reckoning and i'm finna decide things from now on and I, I, i'm not gonna lie we all know i haven't been the biggest big foster fan uh, I said I've been keeping an eye on him, thinking you know he's going to be coming gunning for the wood and everything. Want to still be Brendan? I was riding that one, but <laughs> don't hurt I, your rotator cuff. Pat yourself on the back, okay? <laughs> but by the end of this speech, and definitely by the end of the next speech in the uh, circle, I I was ready to fight for Big Foster. Yeah, I, I mean, mean this man knows how to rally the troops. Oh, there is no doubt. I mean, there is no doubt. I mean, just you know what was best about that circle in my opinion, hmm. is that um, you got to see the split. You if did. Shern was willing to come full circle well, and Crake and all that stuff, I mean. It was the way the split happened for me. It was the pain in Shern's voice, the pain in her face where she was like, I can't believe I'm selling my soul to the devil, but I'm going with Big Foster here. And then yeah. just like all of the air gets sucked out of the it's room. It's just another example of Tina dominating, yeah. you know, the scene as she always does. You know, and I mean, and that's what as soon as we said, "When are we getting more Shern?" They gave us more Shern, oh, and she no delivered doubt. every there single no time. And you know, Mark Jeffrey Miller at Craig, just the consistencies out of this world. I mean, I was oh, I was hoping he would get a little bit better of a speech. Well, I hated they they only gave him. Like seven short, line. yeah. You know, it was short to me. I think it would have been a situation where he really could have unfolded the Brennan side mm-hmm. of things as and since Shern was right after him or, or within sequence of him it, and had a, a elegant speech of the opposite side, uh, it would have been really, really good. You know, um, and then well, what the, what they made me think was that Lil Foster was going to come and speak on behalf of Gwen. And that just never happened. No, I, I didn't see that. You know, um, you didn't uh, get that feeling at all. I didn't. Well, because like the camera, I just don't feel like, like he was part of the 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 charactership, you know, or the the circle itself to be able to make that. You know. Oh, I mean, I agree with you there, but it was just the way the camera kept painting to him and everything, and like his looks of worry is like, uh oh, this is turning. Well, into I think twin. you know what's really cool about that was is that I think they were showing you his face, and we're trying to guess which side is he leaning based on that. True. You know, and I thought that was pretty sweet. Um, you know, it's one of those things. Now, to bounce back a little bit, we do get some in town situation where we get to see Stash doing his <laughs> undercover work. Um, this know, man's a detective. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, we, we haven't had lights off. He's followed Matt and surprise visitor Gordon. Oh yeah, um, pretty good. I, I thought that you know, although that was solid. Um, you know, and like I said, the show did a really good job of bouncing back and forth, bouncing back and forth. Little, you know, it cuts away. You see little Foster, and he has this really good, really, really good, heartfelt, emotional 
teary-eyed speech of, you know, let's leave this place, let's raise this baby somewhere else, let's find another mountain. Well, in the so little on. creepiness of already being in there. Yeah, I mean. I mean, it's just like, hey, I'm going to be in your house. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and then it was like, I don't know if you ever watched How I Met Your Mother, but it was like uh, the little sequence. It was like, it's either uh, love, like Dahmer or love. And like, that's one of those things where depending right. on who that person is, right. they either falls flat on their face or it's the most romantic thing in the world. Yeah, and it right. ended up being the most romantic thing in the yeah, world. Yeah, exactly, was, exactly. Done by somebody else. Yeah, been like, like if, oh, that, if that was you if know. that was Big Foster, you know, it's a creepy thing. We're all like, get away, get away. But yeah, since right. it was little, it was like, oh, okay, all right. This is romantic. Um, key part of his his statement that kind of rang with me, and it had a great monumental ending with it. Was is that the oak? Give it up. Get yeah. rid of it. You know, it, it, it's the it's the problem. And, you know, you didn't think much about it when he was making these statements. And when he was saying it, correct. Um, and, but it was kind of back in my mind and way to bring it full circle, circle. towards the end. Um, now, I felt like when we went – I want to focus on Stash and Matt. You know, um, Stash confronts Matt. There's this whole scenario here where he's like, you know, oh, I don't know him. I hadn't seen him. Da, da, da. That's funny. You were with him last night. And I was like, boom, you know, way to throw it down the gauntlet. But I'm going to be honest with you. As soon as he said it, Matt had a great quip right behind it. Look, Matt was fantastic this episode. Uh, I mean, Chase McCauley, his, man. I mean. He absolutely <laughs> crushed this role. And, I mean, it was always interesting when we were talking to him. He was talking about how, you know, he felt he was the good guy. He felt like he was doing what was good for the person he was talking with and everything no matter what not on this episode no but i mean like this episode he was pure survival mode and you could just feel the slime coming off uh, of his body it was oozing through my tv i needed a towel on the floor it and was... but like just the amount of ammunition that he has in his back pocket and spares no bullets so he's like double tap pfft, quintuple tap you know just <laughs> let me make sure i'm hammering this home exactly exactly uh you know so the atf guy uh, this this guy and uh, his look i'm like just spells dirty at any point in time do you believe that this is actually an atf agent i really didn't I, to me i thought it was a guy in a suit just somebody else from the governor's suit? office he, he's not a, a suit he's i mean like, like his coat you yeah know? he's like a khakis a regular teacher and, and an atf and, agent spelled yeah, out on members the back of the only jacket. jacket he's rocking oh, get out of here and uh, this man's just on a payroll yeah i mean it was but you know what? They pulled the scene off because it needed to be somewhat cheese. Yeah. Um. You know, for it to look like Stash was treating it like cheese. Oh, and, and so I love, like, they, Stash is just like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. Whatever you say, Agent. That's right. You know, don't you think it'd be important if there's a threat in this town, the sheriff, sheriff should get the notification? Like, and, you know? and you do, and like, oh, Matt was so good. He's like, and now you do. Yeah, he's it's like. Just, no, 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 it doesn't work. And Matt's like, what do you mean? I, I've told you everything. Like, <laughs> I, I don't yeah. know what what you're not understanding. And I'm like, he's so good at this. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you. i just like, what? Um, <laughs> it was great. I, um, I just wish Stash would be able to have was You're stupid. You know, yeah. just like as he's walking That out. was the one thing that was missing from this episode. Mm-hmm. It's our one line, shut up. Yeah. Or, you know, just that shut one, the F up. Or give me that one cool line. You're like, just stupid. You we know, need something. Stash to have that one liner that would have just set off. It's like, almost okay. mandatory for episodes It now. really is. You know, so season three. I need stash, quick whip, one-liners. You know, one-liners. Yeah. We need the memes. Give yes, us the memes. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. So that was a downside. We didn't get those. Yeah. Um, so Hassel becomes kind of a big character from the mountain and his, you know, feral kinfolk this, this episode, um, to the point where he comes up and he gets asked to be espionage detective. Where's the dynamite? How'd you feel about how Gwen handled the Hassel situation? Not a big fan. Neither Uh, was I. I I just like Hassel's shown no loyalty or commitment. And well, he's shown loyalty and commitment. You didn't show him loyalty and commitment. So he left. Uh, yeah, well, because here's I mean, the deal. Like, think about the last time these two were together. He was encouraged to go back down. He yeah. was encouraged to go away. He comes back up here claiming that he's seen a vision and that he wants to do this, that, or so on. And he's still treated like the redheaded stepchild to have to prove his worth. Um, and I was kind of like, the guy has come back up here. He's left his pregnant wife, this, that, or so on. But they're still giving him a hard time. And he has no reason to be up here. He exactly. doesn't have any family. You know, his only cousin was brutally murdered by wolves. Uh, you know, it seems like Craig has kind of pushed him away, but I think Craig would still accept him. Correct. And so, like, he's genuinely coming out of here out of genuine worry. And That's love. what I feel like. You know, he's there. Us, the viewer, knows why he's there. Yeah, and we know what he's done down in the town. Right. And so, I mean, I understand, but I just, to me, it was like set up for failure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, in which they did kind of turn it around where he ended up becoming a, another big foster fan, which is so backwards for him, you know? Um, but you know what? It it worked out strong. I just, I think I hate to say that Gwen, you know, uh, the character of Gwen was meant to look less and less throughout, through the entire episode that she was losing that grip and she was not able to control and she was not able to command the troops and that, you know, as smart as some of her wisdom was, um, she's been about it the wrong way. You know, it wasn't communicating well and it wasn't being supported in a time that was very desperate. Well, I mean, with the perspective that you're, you know, giving me that to look at it through, that changes it a bit. You know, I didn't exactly. think about it as her, like, not being able to control somebody after she gave orders instead of accepting him with open arms and then being betrayed like that. Right. You know, so, I mean,. <laughs> But you know, it's twice fold, it's double edged sword. Yeah. You know, you hate to see that for a strong character who's done well, but I think it was also the intention of the episode, so you can see the demise of the Feral Clan. Not demise, but you can see well, the demise I mean, of the order. Demise definitely works by yeah, the end of this episode. Know, but I mean, with the way chaos, with the way you're talking about it and stuff, that makes a lot more sense. I'm more okay with how that scene was handled now. Right. Um, <laughs> but then he goes on over to Big Foster's crew and everything, and you know. I was ready for him. You know, he comes out with the information pretty easily and stuff. Just be like, I saw it on TV. He knows what a TV is now. Um, you know, this is one of the parts I didn't care for the episode. I thought it was way too forward and way too direct. Mm-hmm. And not only that, Big Foster walks over as he's over there talking about, oh, so it's all done. And, like and he's already sniffing bullshit. And he he talks out of it, out of the way, almost immediately. And I was like, whoa, I mean... Y'all didn't, y'all sniff BS out yeah. with Gordon, and it took a whole episode before we got anything. Hassel all of a sudden comes up with all this information and knowing all this. And well, my big thing was like, he comes in and, you know, it's like, oh, I haven't beaten y'all in red or black in a while. Sits down and then immediately gets back up and just start talking. It's like, that is an immediate sign of, hey, I'm somebody here to get information. Yeah. It was, this was like, it was rushed for mm-hmm. time. Um, I didn't care for that. 
I didn't. It was like, but I mean, hey, I haven't bleach all in this, this, and this. I'm like that. Hey, by the way, dynamite. Yeah. Really? And really? I mean, like he gave like a weird roundabout answer when he could have just said the news on TV. Now I know they wouldn't have understand it, but it's like, look, guys, I've been living down there. Like, we have ways of information passing quickly. Right. You know, I don't know. I, I it just didn't deliver well. But I mean, it, it, it didn't. It didn't make the whole episode suffer by any means. It moved fast because it literally moved the plot really fast. It really for did. Us. I mean, because the next second is he got any of those clothes from down there, and, and uh, he's got a very nice looking dirt bike. Yeah, yeah, I mean... I mean, this is like a legitimate dirt bike that... This was um, a nice little find there to be under the tarp. And it was also nice that he was able to get his entire wardrobe mm -hmm. back again. Um, so... Maybe he ran home, you know, gave yeah. Sally another little kiss, and then uh, was <laughs> yeah. out of the door. There you go. Um, and so you see the cool, you know, him riding around, and you get the, you know, he checking out the construction site... And we get the helicopter who drop off two guards. Both of them look like mercs. Mm -hmm. um, and they go into this, you know, one of the buildings and down it goes. Um, how this helicopter would not have seen Hassel, I'm just like, really? Um, he was literally flew right over him. Um, but I mean, it doesn't mean he has to do something. But I mean, it led to the plot earlier that, you yeah. know, later actually that, you know, there, there's a waiting for him. Um, but Another really, really cool set piece. Where do you find this? You know what I mean? I have no idea. Because um, it wasn't CG. This was the real deal. Um, very impressive. Uh, kudos to whoever found this spot and what they used it for. Because it worked well for what was coming later. And, I mean, and it ended up being a big set. But, I mean, only for, like, 20 minutes a show. That's a lot of debt. Like, that's a lot of money and effort. That this right. show was willing to put into for such a small scene. Right. Um, you know, the crazy thing here is is that that entire complex, you saw a couple excavators, it was mm -hmm. all fenced off, and then you open this gate and you see a military vehicle. When you see the scenes later and you see what's actually in those buildings, it's, uh, it's kind of mesmerizing the amount of... Firepower, yeah. vehicles, equipment, and so on, and I was happy they were able to sneak that in there for a few episodes, you know, a few scenes to kind of give you some credit to what. Well, I mean, that's they were huge. I about. mean, that makes the attack legitimate because right. otherwise, it's like okay, a helicopter and stuff. How useful was one helicopter, two helicopters going to be when you're fighting on a mountain? You know, things like that. Whereas they have a full artillery, and it's like if you don't take this out. You're screwed. If you take it out, you're screwed because they're going to come back with even more stuff. But at least you've bought yourself time. Right. Um, now, one of the, you know, we were talking about a minute ago when Stash was talking to uh, Matt and the ATF guy. Funniest line of the episode. He go, you know, I just completely glossed over it and I'm looking at my notes and I'm just, I died. My ribs were hurting. When he's like, are y'all going to tell me what do you think I'm going to do? I'm going to put it on Instabook or something like that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was chuckling. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> and I absolutely love that he used a combination of the names, and I was like, that, that's the stash I know and <laughs> love. That's the stash we know and love. Like, I mean, this is the guy that's throwing <laughs> up on his way to a date and everything. Dude. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we get to see his uh, his girl, you know. I was nope. like, oh. But anyway, he, he finds Gordon in great dialogue here. Gordon's like, you know, considering you don't have a gun on me and you're not arresting me, you must believe what I'm doing. And, you know, da, 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 da. I loved all this dialogue. He lets him know 
um, that he's on his side. He's yeah. still a good guy. Um, and that was good. I was really hoping Gordon was going to be a good guy. Um, and when that came to fruition, it was nice. I know? didn't care either way if he was good a guy or bad guy. I think I thought he was a complete scumbag bad guy. But I think he was a scumbag out of necessity. He's a survivor. Exactly. I mean, he's like a cockroach. Do what like, you got to do to move on and continue the agenda. Um, but it gave it credence to his whole, I hate humans, I love the earth, yes. I'll do whatever I do. And so I do like that. And and so, you know, he made the promise to him that I'll send you the information when I'm good and gone and, you know, safe. And he goes, what about the camper? And he goes, that's Gordon's camper. And I thought that was a really cool yep. coup de gras line, see you by, you know. You'll never hear from me you'll again. You'll never ever see or hear me again. I'm a new identity already. And, uh that was good to me. I mean, I thought the actor was phenomenal, and I hate No, him. I mean, he did a fantastic job. Right. And I mean, the fact that I was able to hate him and think he was that just shows how good of an actor this person is. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, I thought it was really good that he gave Matt the old slip because telling him, oh, we're attacking one planet, when really they were all going after the armory the entire time. Correct. And it, it was a good little setup. Uh, and just like when you see the ATF waiting and then the computer start going bananas mm-hmm. and they roll in there. And how he his face. creepy was that face that was like, hi, how are you? Yeah. And like his mouth went up and down. I'm not going to lie to you, dude. That was like kind of trippy. I mean, it was. Uh, it was. It was uh, no, I couldn't handle it. And because like it was his face was like a, the monkey thing with like the clappers and stuff. And I was like, no. It makes me think back to like Jurassic Park. See, to me, it took me back to, like, Saw, and I was like, no. <laughs> you, do you remember Jurassic Park when you had, it was Newman, that wasn't his character, and um, that was Seinfeld, he was Newman, mm-hmm. but, you know, he, in Jurassic Park, they're like, uh-uh-uh, you know. The, yes, you know, yes. <laughs> that's what I was like, no, you know, if he started going, uh-uh-uh, uh. I was like, oh, come on. No, I'm running, I'm turning off the TV. <laughs> but, um and so that was cool to have him come out, you know, and do what he did. And then, of course, you see him mail the flash drive mm-hmm. towards the end of his arc. And cool set pieces to see him drop the mail and drive off. And I thought all that was really, really cool. And I think it was all well done for his character. Uh, so thank you. That, that was, yes. He was a great addition to the show this season. Um, and that's why, you know, I can't say enough. Um, now – Let's talk about Big Foster. We've we talked about the circle already. And in the end of this circle, he makes this deal where even Lori Klatchner's character, Emily, says, you know, I have to say that we're in a time of need and she sides with Big Foster, which is a real shock to the Brennan. Um, but, and the deal is, is that, you know, if I don't succeed, I ain't coming back. Mm-hmm. You know, well, first the deal was, if anybody dies, you're not coming back. And he's like, yeah, no. I can't <laughs> guarantee that. That's not going to happen. You good, know? good choice by him by not accepting that deal. Yeah, I mean, really, that's just unrealistic. I'm going into a dangerous situation. People are, might not come back. And But if I fail, then I promise I, I won't come, come back. back. Yeah, I won't step, you know, make one step on this mountain. And that was concerning to me mm-hmm. that that might be a cliffhanger that Big Foster is exiled. Um. That would be a disaster for me, but you know, luckily that's not what happened. I mean, I'm thinking that it's a coin flip at this point in time. I'm excited to see in season three how this all turns out with him being back on the mountain causing this chaos. Yeah, that's that's the understatement there. of the year. But, um, uh, so 
But he changes the deal a little bit and was like, look, right. if I fail, I'll never come back. But if I succeed, which, I mean, he left it very Change loose. Change is a coming, boy. <laughs> and it was that. Change is coming. And I was That's just right. like, he's coming for that oak. Yeah, the oak. You can tell that oak becomes <laughs> – this is when – you knew little Foster's statement about the oak earlier mattered because now you see that the oak is the prize mm-hmm. and that you're trying to show that she is not strong enough to lead and it is his time and so on. So it was a good way of building that story arc for the very for the subtly, very, very subtly. Idea. Yes. Um, so you see our boys, they go through some dynamite training yeah. Where they got their dynamite training big was problem. a little sketchy for me. Had a big problem with Big Foster automatically knowing. Yeah. He's like, this I is mean, this, this is this, this is the blaster cap, this is this. Not and only then, that, like, some people were calling it fire. Some were calling it dynamite. And, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not complaining about calling it different things, but the knowledge of the use yeah and these are modern I, dynamite this isn't like the your back red of the day. stick yeah, your red stick you light it and run <laughs> um and so it was very curious that that you know it was so simple and that he was giving sure to me it would have been better if there was a little segment of gordon talking about what you knew what you had to do be careful with this or if little foster gave it because exactly. he was in there when gordon was like hey this is what this is this is what this is right Ooh, we're going to need it would have been better if little foster was the guy giving directions on how to use the dynamite yep um there's no doubt about that um and so then you see him all get to a little flask and get their final mm-hmm. drink cool set where they're driving through this looks like a whole new location when they're driving through. The people I don't think we've fire. ever seen this driving through. Right. But um, did you also notice what Little Foster was on? Little Foster was yeah. on? Yeah. No. Um, His motorcycle. The one that died yeah. on him? Yeah. Because uh, they were fixing it. Yeah. You, you beat me on that one. They were fixing it in the order. Like, yes, they doing were right the by the dirt bike. That's correct. And then, uh, yeah, I was just like, um, how had that get back up the mountain? Yeah, well, I guess it wasn't too far. So oh, you know, only like halfway, so only, you know. Yeah, I guess they just push-rolled it up there, or they dug oh, it. And did you catch Little Foster talking to Big Foster about the uh, distance of walking? He said, one day's trip down the mountain, two for you, old man. That is correct. So Another time scale in which that has been a blurb for us. But, I mean, it was nice to actually hear them kind of semi-concrete lay that down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the problem with that is that we've had characters in the past who have been able to get up and down the mountain and it's still daylight. Well, you know, I mean, little father Hassel got down there at, or started the journey at night and got there while it was night. So, you know. Yeah. No, no comment. Happen. We're going to move forward. He's in good shape. You know, <laughs> he's been running. Right. 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 All right. So, Stash has put. Smash? Stash. I, I know, but it's, it's mid-yawn and everything. Oh, so. whatever. Um, he's telling Letta that, you know, here's some information. He has these really cool scenes where he's doing this cell phone tracing stuff. Yes. Um, I thought this was pretty neat. Another great shot to have the pawn shop opener and guy. It, I mean, it's smart to, you know, make sure Stash isn't the one doing the cell phone tracing. <laughs> Absolutely. Because if he was over there trying to, you know, that would have been bad. But, um Really, really, really cool. Another foreshadowing shot of the map and showing the lake of sludge, mm-hmm. the coal deposit, even when his dad was up there and working, brought some family history to it. So it's something they knew from their past. Um, Fantastic scene. 
It really, really was. And I love how like, they wrapped that together. And just having those two on, well, Stash and uh, Letta together is just, right. they just click so perfectly. Yeah, for, Rebecca Harris knocking out of the park again. And, you know, he's like, whatever, what I'm telling you, you, you know, don't repeat. You, you didn't hear from me. Mm-hmm. Don't leave until I come back. Stay in your house. You don't know what's on, da, 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 da. And you felt attention. You felt the desperation. You felt that there was actual danger. And that I do like. Um, you know, and you see him leave. Well, then we have the the combat crew. Yeah, Big Foster and Company, Little Foster, and so on. And they've got their face paint, their eyes, and so on. Um, and the plan is, I did not like the plan. You know that we were going to go towards the buildings from the most wide open spot. Yeah, I did like how they cut. The uh, fence open and everything? Yes, that was definitely... Instead of cutting down each link, mm-hmm. they cut the connector bands. That is definitely more accurate. I thought um, that was really smart and everything, and they didn't go all the way, so it looked like he could still close. I didn't understand why Little Foster stayed. I don't or either. where our slingshots were. Although, I don't think it would have really mattered, ultimately, if we took out cameras or not. Yeah, I... You know, they showed forethought to steal the dynamite. Mm-hmm. There was a plan. And it was executed well. They went to this place and it was like, here we are. There's no guards. Let's just go in there very brash. You know, and. Well, they didn't have Gordon's information. Like, I mean. I know they, that. But still, if you only thought the place only had two guards. Remember, when Gordon said we were going into a place that has two guards. Yeah. And they knocked out cameras. They baited them out. They did these things. They come here and they're like, yeah, there's only there's no guards. I've seen two guys go in. So what what information do you have? There's two people there. Um, and so him going in there, we're going to go cut the fence at the most wide open location, have to walk across large wide open areas. The only cover you have is barrels and one digger, as they called it, you know, excavator, yeah. and so on. I thought was very brash. Um, it just – I wish there was a little bit more – forethought to the planning like i would love him to say we've got to get the dynamite to these corners uh we've got to do this you know that instead it was we're going to go through here and we're going to do our thing by going by that digger i didn't have too much of a problem with it just because i didn't see any way that this was a plan that could work i didn't, I didn't think that there's any way well i didn't think that it was going to be a success rate by any means and i think the preview ruins it for you because you see in the preview lights flash up uh, somebody shooting and an explosion going off with somebody holding it. You knew this plan was foobar, which is why I don't watch previews. Right, and but so, but don't, yeah. I just you've shown such great detail on other things, and we've seen a plan come together. Golly, so you, did I say did I just use an A team reference? Yeah. You know, um, so you just wanted to see a plan fail miserably. I wanted to see. You know, somebody holding a cigar and bragging about how good this plan is. You know, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I, I wanted them to show a little more forethought. I mean, I know I'm beating this dead horse, but them going down there going, I'm going through there, go through there, we're going to go there. That was it. And I was just. I would have at least liked to see him take off the cameras, especially since we zoomed in on them. Exactly. Exactly. Show me a little bit more something than I'm just going to sneak in there and we're going to start running wire. But ultimately, I was okay with it. Like I said, just because I didn't think the plan was ever going to work. Like, I, know. I I thought know. we were going to lose. And lo and behold, you yeah. know, uh, a security guard who actually does his job, which, believe me, that's a lot harder to find. Yeah. And, uh, especially Speaking in the TV of world. security guards, yes. <laughs> and, uh, um, but kudos I mean, to 
like I said before, showing the equipment in there, the amount of men that are in there waiting. Um, yeah, like I mean, it was like, oh, we've been waiting for this all right. night. Um, when the lights come on, you knew shit was going to hit the fan. And they, you know, I was just in shock that, you know, old Kerry took out, was just shot to pieces immediately. Yeah. Um, just uh, no hesitation. Like we had seven people I up on the roof unloading. I knew that we were going to lose a character, maybe two. I did not expect the three that died. Look, I the third one was com- like, as soon as I was like, oh man, he's definitely going to die. But I was like, there's no way they're going to be able to justify killing this one. I don't think they could justify killing any because there's no warning shots. There's, I don't know the legality uh, of no, murder. It was, but it was shoot on sight. You know, these people have, this is domestic terrorism. They have explosives. You defend yourselves at all costs. Totally understand them shooting to pieces. Just the brutality. Man. Shooting guy. You know, I would love for somebody who knows things about dynamite stuff. If you shoot a stick of dynamite, does it explode? I would love to know that. Uh, that uh, I was just something, you know. Mythbusters. Uh, where is Mythbusters? Yeah, Mythbusters. Where is Jamie? Get on that. Where, where's Adam? If you shoot that stick of dynamite, does it explode like that? Any listeners, if you've seen an episode where they actually did that, or if you know yourself, please let us know. Um, either way, even if it's false yeah. or whatever, Look it was great. cool as hell. Yeah. Um, thought it was pretty freaking awesome that when you blew up, there was just little bits everywhere. There wasn't even a leg left no. over. However, you know, if you looked, I want you to be honest with me now. You saw the explosion later at mm-hmm. the dam, and it. And you saw the explosion with him, you know, holding the bag. Yeah. Quite a different effect. Well, I mean, um, one was out in the open, one stuffed in there. We don't know how many dynamite homeboy was holding. Yeah. And so on. I really would have been really, really cool if there was like part of a leg or something. A little bit better than disintegration. But you know, I I'm mean, just, I'm thinking about like, you know, another show we, we, we cover is Into the Badlands. And just so recently, there was an amazing explosion scene with people. And they went to the forethought of having, you know, remnants, for the most part. Remnants, for the most part. For the most part. Yeah, there was some people who were just completely <laughs> unscathed. But, um, but there was forethought there and detail to show this. And I think this is an awesome opportunity for one of our awesome guys, Stephen Tolan's yes. crew, and Tolan Epics, to have a, a, a body part or at least a piece of it laying there. I mean, don't, don't go, I don't want the stereotypical boot smoking, <laughs> okay, with nothing in it. That would have been terrible. But um, Well, I think a big difference is, you know, this is WGN. And so, like, you don't know what their limit on gore is. Who gives a versus, crap? If you're willing to show a head take off a, in a bear trap, <laughs> you can show a smoky boot with a part of a leg from a from 40 feet away. Yeah, but AMC knows its limits with limbs. I mean, they've got freaking Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead, so yeah, that's yeah, nothing great. for Into the yeah, Badlands. Think about Preacher. I mean... AMC, yet again, you know? Yeah, I mean, that so, network is leading it that way, whereas right. WGN... They might want a little bit tamer on the violence. Right. So, all right. So, very surprised. Uh, very surprised the last guy who puts his hands up. Barnaba. Or Barbara, is it, yeah. is it and, Barnaba? And Barnaba. His name, the real name Shane Callahan or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, straight shot Whimpering. In the face. Feeling, uh, I, I was feeling so terrible for him. He's like, no, 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 no. Puts his gun down. I was like, you're so dead. Yeah. I mean, and I feel dude, so bad. Why make it an easy target? I mean, just but greased him. At least, you know... Mercy kill, you know, one shot to the head. 
It's true. He didn't take it like Harry, who took like five or six rounds yeah. and died horribly, um, you know, which was tough. Uh, and then not only all of this, you know, as Big Foster's trying to find anybody that's doing anything, old Hassel comes running in, and I thought he initially took this one straight to the hip. Yeah, you know, I was really surprised he took a body shot. I mean, I kind of expect a shoulder graze yeah. or the classic outsider's leg wound. But no, you know he, we've only we've seen five of those yep. probably, and um, no, I mean takes the gut shot in the lower left abdomen, um, really cool effects. Dang it, Tolan guys, if y'all did that, that looked awesome on yes. camera. Uh, it looked really really good, um, and even like the way he fell, like I mean that was legitimate. It wasn't a right. fake fall or anything. That no, was, it was straight. Great stunt work. Another example. Um, that was how physics is supposed to work. <laughs> thank you, thank you. And when you have a high powered rifle shoot. It does pass through you. Yeah. Yeah, that was another good thing. So, um, that was really cool. Um, what about their plan? To me, it looked like they were putting dynamite next to these barrels out in the field, not next to any part of the building. Did you notice that? I just don't think that they had time to... Yeah, it was... Uh, I, I think that it, was like, just it, like It goes the back light. to the whole yeah. haphazard, you know? So, whatever. Uh, I'm not going to beat that to death. So, we get Big Hassel. Foster gets brave and just helps Hassle up and walks him as he's shooting behind him. Thank you, Eddie <laughs> Beveridge, for standing up there, Philip, and taking out some lights yes. and giving some cover fire. I don't know where that was at the beginning, but, you know. Yeah, that was kind of surprising. It was kind of a late reaction there. Well, because um, we didn't even fire a bullet until Eddie. Well, uh, no, Big Foster shot his pistol in defense of Hassle after he got shot. Yeah, but I mean, like he was still rocking the snub nose, wasn't he? He had a little nine millimeter pistol. Okay, so I mean, he and had something that could have legitimately. He could, I mean, he had something to a little cover fire, but when he picked up Hassel, so uh, and of course, like I said, yeah. Philip uh, gave a little bit, and they got to the fence and, and got out of there. Um, immediately following, Stash, Stash rolls in because you know he's up there at the top yep. of the hill, and he's over there hollering, "Get out of here!" You know. Um, I thought for sure it had been hilarious. He rolled down the hill because he lost his footing. Oh, God. That'd have been that, terrible. Just it because been terrible. it was like, and hey, on next season. Yeah, really. Stash uh, has got like an arm and a leg. Yeah, and a he's like, he's and in the wheelchair race, next time. He's got the oxygen tank. It's just like, oh, What happened Stash. to you? Uh, I fell. I fell. Again. <laughs> Again? <laughs> yeah. so you are no longer allowed to drive a vehicle yeah. or anything else. You were relieved of command. Um, yeah. That. <laughs> oh, God. But Stash. instead, really cool confrontational scene where he rolls up and. I mean, we get Big Foster. I mean, being protective. Yeah. And, and then little foster gets in there and like, I trust him. I yeah. trust him. I mean, I mean, I, he told me like, he's pounding. His, I trust him. Right. It's like, that's enough. I agree. It's like, if I trust him, you trust this him. This made the scene powerful. This made it legitimate mm-hmm. and plausible. Cause the reality of it is, is that the sheriff stash had a gun on him one time before and almost killed big foster. And then now the roles reversed and big foster usually hasn't blinked for this situation. And so the only thing that would look good and the only thing that was plausible was what happened. Yep. And that is what was awesome and well done on the writing on section of that way to go. Um, Delivering that stuff, it it was really really strong. Now um, I'm no ambulance person or doctor, but I'm pretty sure you can't pick somebody up who has a gunshot wound in the stomach by their arms and legs. 
I, you can pick them up. They're not going to I mean, They're going to be extremely painful, you know, and that it's going to be hurting stuff. But they didn't have a problem with that. I mean, like, they got him in the car. He's giving him instructions. He says he's going to get him out of there. And he told him to, you know, go up this way. I, it was kind of funny that he was giving them instructions on where to go. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait a minute. These are the people who live in the mountains. Yeah. But then I was like, well, actually, this is where he his dad worked. He grew up around. He understood. He can get him back. And he can get him back and give him directions, especially at night. And so I thought that was pretty cool. It was a good little touch to yeah. that experience. And, and it pays homage to the map that we just looked at and everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I thought that was really, really strong. You see Stash called Letta. Hey, get your nurse friend. Get her over here. I got a guy dying out. We got to help him out. And everything. I loved all this. This is all 100% plausible. It was a great way to set up his cliffhanger, um, you know, whether or not he's going to be allowed to go to the hospital and what's going to happen to him for it. And so really, really well done yes. that part. Um, as for the three guys, we've got Eddie and we've got Little Foster, Big Foster. Great for Philip not to have died in a horrible yes. face shot. Um, that would have been um, – That would have been bad for his uh, stroke with the ladies. Yeah, I know it. Yeah, that would have been tough. Yeah. You know? Um, so they get to this dam, the dam, which we saw previously mm-hmm. another great example of them showing forethought and foreshadowing and everything. And this is where ingenious idea, which they thought of first of trying to put dynamite in there to blow up this dam. Um, yeah, this I'll, is clearly the best plan that they could have had. Right. But I'll be honest with you. Um, I, I was going like total no way. I it would take br- a ton of dynamite to blow a hole into this dam. Yeah, and so and not only that, I thought they placed it too high up. I did too. I, I thought it was kind of strange because they placed it like what halfway up the thing. And I was like, I would want that closer to the base. Yeah, I, it was just going to take a ton, yeah. a ton, a ton, and so. I, I don't want to beat it up too bad. Well, part of because it, it is, just wasn't enough dynamite. Just because I've seen so much, I used to be a Mistbusters guy, and dynamite just doesn't carry that huge punch. Punch, and that's one thing I was really proud of is that when he lit that fuse, and they're over like I would not be happy if they turned around and it like shows this humongous fireball, mm-hmm. and Big Foster dies from it. You know what I'm saying? That would have been a total. I'm poo pooing on this. That's awful. Yeah. They actually show an outward contained explosion like dynamite would have done. And the thing that made it dangerous was the rock that was being blown around. So that right there was awesome. You know, they did a great job with it and stuff. It's as awesome as that was, it also showed that that was not enough. Well, and that was part of the point of Elon being there. Right. And, and so, you know, as Peter Matei said in this interview and stuff, is with the magic of the mountain that was bestowed on the Elon, is he was able to bring this down for him. And, you know, this was the last card that they're able to get from him. Right. Um, you know, like Peter Mertes said and everything else, that Elon is the guy. He was the magic. He was the power. He was the uh, what was helping everything move forward for the mountain and its sake. And this was pretty cool. What I liked about this is that Big Foster was not alone. Yeah, when they saw this. Now, what surprised me was Philip actually saw him. I'm with I, you. I don't because they never really showed in that instance that Philip saw him. Yeah, but he's like, look, look, and they all look. Yeah. So to me, 
it, it gave it so much credence. It was uh, it was a cool that it's not a premonition. It's not a hallucination. It's not your demons fighting you. It's not any of those things. <laughs> it's actually him there. And we also get the callback to Lil Foster's uh, vision. And he Correct. was like, Elon's supposed to be here and stuff. And then, boom, there, there it is. he is. Um, so all of a sudden, you see the crack emerge, the rocks moving, and the dam uh, bust through. And these water special effects, Fan. some of the best I've ever yep. seen on television. I'm not lying to you. I'm not blowing the skirt up. This water effect... I'm so it was spot on. I think what really did well for it was they did it in in dark. It did. It the seeing the moon and mm-hmm. the star kind of give it some crystal and not crystal but some shine and different effect to it was so really cool. And I loved how you didn't see the building up close get washed away. Mm-hmm. It was you saw the lights and this the very outer edge as you could make it out and you saw the lights starting to disappear. And just go away. Just that great little right detail. There, that right there of letting your imagination run with that was so much better. Than actually seeing some terrible yeah, CG. Instead of seeing like the day after tomorrow water taking buildings out. I mean, please don't do that. This was so much better. Such a good decision to make it where you're seeing it from their point of view. Because if you were that like like you were watching the water yeah. go down the mountain, da 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 that doesn't help anything. You need to see the mission completed from the people who put it in motion. Um, really, really like that. Really, really strong. One of the better things that, that could have happened for the episode. Now, when they get back, mm-hmm. and he shows up, and Gwen's over there barking at him like, it's time for you to go. You know, you, you had to be exiled and so on. Coolest thing that was said in my mind was, his speech talking about I was wrong. The person coming back to be the savior wasn't he it was Elon. Yeah. He came back. My boy came back and saved us. The prophecy was true and that was something I never ever expected. I don't think any of us did. Right. But I mean that's the funny thing about prophecies is it can be anybody until you figure out who it is. You know, the funny thing is is I really feel like Asa was that was supposed to be his character arc? Yes. But since they killed him off for whatever reason, which we've heard why, you know, that it was a difficult relationship with him. And on from the scene. what we have heard, he was um, not the easiest person to be along with. Right. That they had to adjust. I'm gonna be honest with you. This adjustment better. Yes. Than what I could have imagined Asa being for the future of the show. I would say for the most part. To me, it was just a really, really cool way to wrap up. Because, I mean, we got these Elon references from the beginning, mm-hmm. uh, through the middle of the body, the drawings that he did while Bill uh, Foster was in prison, all these things like that. All that was in place and was so well breadcrumbed to the end. It really was. Um, so I really, really enjoyed that. Really, really strong. Um, and so this is when you see Gwen and her power fading the fastest you've ever seen. And this is where David Morris owns this show is that the way he is staring at her and looking at her and telling her the change has come. That Oak belongs to me. Very, very powerful, very 
stealing the show. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's just no other way to put it. He did what he was supposed to do. And, and he absorbed every ounce of energy and light on the screen. Yes. Said, I am your star. And then gave a speech. Yeah. Get and you some of this. His tone was just fantastic yeah. all throughout this. Because it changed a little bit. But the authority that was behind oh, all of yeah. this. I was like, Gwen, you're in trouble. Way, way to, way to go, Philip Eddie Beveridge for mm-hmm. stepping up and like I saw him too, and and he puts out a little Foster saw it. I mean, he throws little Foster on the bus. And he doesn't does. give him a chance. Or he anything. does. He's just like, he well, he's I sure, saw his Asher wasn't stepping yeah. up either. So, um, <laughs> and I love, you know, I think it's I think it's a real chore to get an entire group of people on the same chime when it comes to an emotional set point, set point of we saw Elon, he was the one that's returned, that's my oak, to see everybody's reaction yeah, kind of culminate at the same time. You know that had to be like a ninth or tenth take. Like, I mean, there's no way that's the Dude, first you take. You know that there is always that one guy in the back, yeah. you know, who's like, you know, we see you, Eddie. Yeah, we know we you are, said yeah, you're yeah, a like, one-shot guy. Uh, but. Yeah. Hey, James Nancy, can you put the smile down for this scene, okay? I mean, come on, you know. I'm just kidding. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I just, you know, you have to imagine they look at it, look at it, and go, no, nah, this guy right here, we've got to have more yeah. of this or whatever. Um and so with them taking that time and effort, it really delivered. It was really strong. And then to see this fight break out, you oh know, Shern hopping on somebody's back, people well, punching the, folks. Not only that, like right before that, you know, Gwen labels Lil Foster as the leader. And then not I only thought, that, labels as, as the father. Yes. And so it, it was that, <gasps> you, okay, so we know who dad is now. Guaranteed. And then now and then we're not, making him. She doesn't pass the stick. She doesn't throw the stick. She just lets it go, and it falls. It makes just that big thud, and it's just like it was an interesting choice to let her just let it fall. Yeah, the I didn't get the fall. I I, I really really didn't. Like, I'm not understanding. Like it felt right in the moment, but like hindsight, I'm just like, was it more significant? Did it feel better? No and no, but I'm oddly okay with it. I'm gonna be honest with you. I I just I see no probative value. To just letting it fall. Just, just letting it fall. I mean, she hadn't had that moment where she had a side pain yet. And she hadn't had the moment where she was falling. <laughs> she hadn't had the moment where people were beside her holding her up. Mm. She was there, and it just literally falls. And I think the purpose of it was symbolism. Mm. It's like this is her, you see her power falling to the floor is what I'm guessing. You know, but that's a reach for what the show was trying to show right here. Thank God they didn't show her just throwing it to him and him catch it in the hand like it was, you yeah, know, you know, like a magic sword for you know. <laughs> this the is my Excalibur. Yeah, I mean, if they did, I'd be like, all right, it's a good thing this is over, you know. Um, Say yes to my boomstick. <laughs> exactly. So that right there. Um, so I, I don't know. I think it was in a tough situation where yeah. she dropped it. To show that he, she is relinquishing it as Little Foster asked her to, um, and puts it in the location where he has the opportunity to grab it. Not really. I mean, the, the it man was had to, a good ten feet away. Yeah, with, um, with about a horde of people in the middle of it. But, exactly. Um, you know, it made it more reasonable. I guess. I guess. Yeah, I, I struggled with this part just like you did. But I mean, like you said, we had the fight break out and everything, and. Uh, he somehow runs over and grabs it. Yeah, and he, you know, Big and, Foster's like, "You can't do this. You can't do it." You know, and um, um, he raises the stick. 
Yep. Okay, so it sounds like you have the same problem I have with it. This cheesy line of it this was okay. cheese. Gosh, Man. it was cheese. I mean, well, this stick like, is the ruin of us. I mean, oh god. I'm gonna be honest with you. The line didn't so much bother me. Him breaking it didn't so much bother me. It was his body language reaction after it was done. There was no. There was not like everybody falling to the ground like you know when the the leader of the kenna died yeah okay like, there was screaming there, there was, was screaming a heartbreak gasping for air mm-hmm. the wind gone whatever you want to call it when he rose that stick up and hollered this is the ruin of us i would have more expected everybody in the room to stop what they're doing and look at what he's saying since he has the oak in his hand and then when he breaks it you would see that awe of shock yeah and everybody just kind of motionless like they don't understand what's just happened da, da, da. instead it was still battle royale mosh pit. like no one even stopped to acknowledge that he picked up the exactly. oak. no one acknowledged that he said a cheese line no one had acknowledged that he broke it except for big foster yeah i mean like and then he kind of looked around like he's mad, and he wasn't getting the reaction I expected. I mean, I, I'm looking at a different opinion. I don't think it was so much a, a cheese line. I just think I, I that his reaction afterwards was cheese because nobody gave him the reaction that I felt like he was due because maybe, of it. Maybe that was part of the problem. I, I just felt like his tone and the delivery of it wasn't the best. And then, well, it just wasn't commanding. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. At. I think we're kind of on the same page here. It's just it didn't command the audience of such a monumental moment. Uh, you know, I'll settle for that just so I don't bash it any harder. Yeah. But. <laughs> well, I'm not bashing it. I just think that it could have been delivered a little better. I'm happy they cut, the, you know, they broke the oak because uh, it is really showing that this is the downward spiral. Unless something changes. Well, I mean, it's really only a downward spiral for one person. Like, the oak isn't the problem. Well, I think the oak it, is it, a symbol of structure, leadership, power, and well, I thought Gwen, the Brennan. I think overall, Gwen did a great job. She made all the right choices. Not necessarily for the right reasons, but... Yeah, I mean, she made smart choices. and She see, just kept Big Foster. And that was the choice that made the oak ruin them true and so like, i wouldn't say it was necessarily the oak's fault i no, would say it's all pinned i on think, I think it's just a symbol of what it is i don't know i i disagree that the oak is the ruin uh, i mean i think the oak was a symbol of the leadership and how fine the clan was because yeah, i mean before the, all this the oak wasn't happened. the problem when lady ray was there right exactly um and so i, I don't know uh, so you see them all still fighting, bickering, and that's how. And then you see, um, God, I can't remember her name. Uh, you know, you see her all the time in the white dress, the redhead. Uh, I don't remember her name. Anyway, really cool to see her. You know, she, what's more powerful was her tear. Yes. Than anything else. You know, she's always been the spectator. She's been that set of eyes. You know, that connection from the viewer to the real world of the ferals and everything else mm-hmm. and see her crying. It's like the symbolism of the demise. Did uh, Haley Grimes see her? Because I'm trying to think back. I know to Sally Ann and them did. Well, because she led Sally Ann up the mountain. Correct, from a car accident. Yeah. I don't know if she saw Haley Grimes. I don't know. It was just a weird thought that popped in my head. I don't think she that did. That was completely random. Yeah, it was, but it's because she's always How significant on How dare you? those uh, moments with the mountain and stuff. And so, True. 
if Haley would have seen it, not that she needed. I'm pretty convincing. sure. I'm pretty sure she would have. But <coughs> the the next part is you see the aftermath of the coal bath yeah. sludge, um, and you know the EPA and the the outrage and the drinking water contamination and making you know. How cool was it to see the original One Planet Coal executive on the news talking when he about was it. like, and he was long gone after the first season when Asa kept rocking yep. getting into his house. Such a cool throwback to see him have a little sneak peek on the uh, on the TV. Great job bringing him back. Yeah, I mean that, I, that was so cool. And then you know, but what blew me away was them finding Elon's body. And from this interview, uh, it was Elon. It was. It was his body. Now, now, I have a problem with this because we saw Elon get buried, white sheet, in the ground, dirt on top of him. Near the mountain. But. First episode. Correct. But you go back to Big Foster's speech of he was the returned. He was the one that came back and so on. And he sacrificed himself to save the mountain. Um, and that's all fine and dandy, but this wasn't a shallow grave. This is, this, this was a legitimate, you know, well, he returned. This is where you have that mysticism, the, the unexplainable, the rule of cool, whatever you want to put it in there. Uh, I want to put it as in, he's hungry and looking for someone to bite. And because this is a walker, <laughs> he's not a zombie. <laughs> ah, this is uh, not the walking dead pod. You get the wrong one. Um, yeah, I mean, I was all right with it. I mean, because it threw me for a loop at first. Yeah. Because I was like, I would have been finding a way. Like, if you saw him disappear in the damn blow up, right? Um, and if that was it, okay, that was the end of it, that's great. So it was a real shock to see that they, like, show him picking a body up. Yes. You know, and that just shows more evidence and credence to the whole he's returned. The and, whole mysticism. Right. That, but he that, is the prophecy. He, but that's it. Mm-hmm. In, my, in my opinion, that means Elon's character is done. His character is done. All of the lives and stuff that he's been able to touch, all of that luck that they had on their side is gone. Yeah, he's not bringing that to the table anymore. Um, and so that was like, that's what that I felt like was meant Their to convey. Their ace in the hole is gone. Exactly. E- exactly. Um, so and that, know, the episode wraps up with, you know, like we said, Hassel is in a situation where they have to make the decision that he's not going to live. They take him to the hospital, but we all know if he goes to the hospital, that's going to be spell trouble. And then we get the closing part of, uh, you know, Matt, James McCauley, Looking at Stash, Stash, and Stash has got his head down. He's like, "So there's what have I told you? There's fingerprints on this map that was found at the scene, and you're done. You've been relieved of your command. You're on." So Didn't on. know Matt had that much power. I mean, be honest with you, if he had that much power, he could have dealt with Stash a long time ago. He really could call straight BS on this, unless. I wish he would have had a line of there that I just got off the phone with the governor mm-hmm. or I just got off the phone with the lieutenant governor or I have been put in charge of this that or so on and you are officially suspended and I'm going to have your hide or whatever. He missed that one little line that gave it credence. Yes. Um, but I, th- I, I thought he delivered it well. I thought it was strong. It was just me picking up like you don't have that power to do that. Yeah. I mean, if you had this power, then... This wouldn't have been a problem. This wouldn't have been a problem a long time ago. But also, if that really is the map, a, how do you have the map? 
And B, why exactly. are you touching it without gloves? Thank you. Because Stash Care just Thank made you. like, this map, th this yeah. has my fingerprints on it. The one I'm touching I mean, right now exactly. is just like. Uh, exactly. If this was the map, it would have been an evidence yeah. bag. If you were saying you had his fingerprints on it and like that. You're making that crap up. You're sitting there holding yeah. it. It's got your fingerprints on it too. What are you going to say how, about that? How do I know you didn't go up the mountain and go I mean, give it to him? I was just like, uh, that right there of him showing him the map and him holding it and then folding it up and putting it in his pocket. I was like, bullshit. Yeah. I was no like, uh, way. So I'm seeing this map outside. Go, go ahead. Put me on the stand. Right. Like, uh, yeah. For all you know, that fell out of my truck when I was driving on Highway 80. Yeah. Get off me. You got nothing with that. You know what I mean? Uh, if this map is what's going to end my career, good luck. Yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> I'll put my $17,000 house on it. Yeah. I was just like, that right here. It's another example where it was missing that little detail. Yeah. Matt needed to be have something that showed that he had the authority missing, as well as that map needed to have something to protect uh, it from bag, bag, or a report that shows it, you know, yes. this is something other than him holding it like <laughs> it's in his back pocket going, I got you now, you know. I got uh, my coupon book going uh, to the grocery store afterwards. Uh, gosh, I was just like, oh, my God. I don't do that. So, I mean, very powerful scene, very well delivered. Stash having his head down, kind of contemplating that maybe this is the end of his career, whatever. Uh, only could have been improved if they had to actually give it a little bit more – oomph in yep. the detail of those two little parts um but that's it for the that's season. it man you know i mean it wrapped on her her tear you know we got out of order there but um that was that was kind of it um and so it leaves us hanging with your five six main characters of what's going to happen and so on and we have the, not the expected cliffhangers i expected no um but not bad ones, though, either. A lot of good cliffhangers that we have, and we have a lot of predictions and everything. We're just going to save that for the Season 3 preview. Yeah, we're gonna, we've got a lot of ideas, which typically are way wrong. Um, and, and we uh, feel like they'll only get better as the longer they marinate. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They stew. Yeah. And so when we get that Season 3 announcement, we're, we're going to do a preview cast and talk about where we think things are going and try to talk to a few more uh, actors and actresses on the show and get rocking. Um, but I'll tell you what I want to do now, Cash, is, is that... I mean, you just said, you know... Talk. I, I, I want to I do a little special thank you to um, a lot of folks, as quick as we can, not to bleed everybody, but I want to say thank you to... Um, we had, were very fortunate to be able to speak to some amazing people. And befriend some amazing people. And befriend people. some amazing people. Um, and be able to share this experience with, with all some, of you with all of you and uh, a lot of people don't know maybe and if you're a good follower of us and it's great and stuff but we were able to interview you know one-on-one -on -one, you know 10 plus i think almost 14 15 actors from the show and i gotta tell you there isn't a single interview that was better than the others. No, nope. there's not a single interview that like stands out as oh my god and this that or so on. I've I've never been so blessed and fortunate, or we, in my opinion, have been so, to be able to talk and share these people great stories, stories and memories, and memories, just... experiences, their lives, and what they have done for us on this show. Uh, it is just absolutely monumental. Um, you know if. I could talk about something in the future to my kids and different things like that. I would want to tell them to go out there and find people, interact with folks, and see that there is so much more to life and learn from. And these are the kind of people yeah. I, you would want to talk to. I mean, these are people that 
as soon as they said hello on the phone, they felt I felt like I've known them my whole lives. Absolutely. Like, you know, you never got the whole, you know. Oh, you're stuck up. Oh, yeah, like, like you uh, need your water. At you got five minutes yeah. of your time. Blah blah blah. Everybody was so gracious and so awesome. I mean, these were people we were having conversations with after the interview. Right. And stuff. I mean, like we've got actors who are texting us and calling and doing different things and, and interacting with us and being a part of the show as well as fans. I mean, it's just it, it's an unbelievable experience. And I want to say these names. And let you know, you guys are well thought of, and thank you for your time and what you bring to help promote our podcast as well as this amazing show on Outsiders. Uh, first guy we ever interviewed was Ed Heavey, um, just an amazing fella, just really, really, was. really down to earth. Kind of realized he's also an actor, but he was also kind of stuntman, the, been the in stunt a lot man. of really cool stuff. And he was a stuntman in the best scene of Daredevil in that jail scene with the Punisher. Yeah, and I so, mean. A guy's, you know, just an amazing individual. And we've kept up with him. He's done shows on Blue Bloods and other things. And uh, and we talked to him and via social media and text and everything like that. And so, I mean, it's just another great example. that uh, Keith Gregory, you know, uh, just a, just an amazing fellow. We're still expecting that zucchini bread, by the way. Yeah, you, you have made some promise, Keith. Don't you know <laughs> You are not off the hook. You are not off the hook, man. sir. But another amazing guy, uh, Tariq Lowe. I mean, uh, what can you say? Just another... I mean, you you wish you had more time on screen with him this year. Yep. You know, I just he was a great deliverer. He played, you know, a Sally's brother. brother. Um, Rebecca Harris, Letta. You know, she came on strong a lot this season. Yeah. And I mean, who brought who brought the struggle of sickness and family and decisions and everything else better? The interaction as brother sister with Stash. I mean, come on. I mean, it was like they were brother and sister. Exactly. And, and then, it was real. I mean, not only the just the struggle, but. You know, diving headfirst into wanting to make the end of your life a martyr. Exactly. And, you know, going for against the coal company, starting these things and everything. Being an inspiration on and off the show. Yes. You know, lovely. Lori Clatchman, Emily, you know, one of the the, the, the elder, um, you know, the, the circle leader, whatever you want to call it, like that. How many times did you see her in a show and she spout out something amazing and in the, in, in the coolest language you've ever seen? So in the old And mesmerized, you know. I mean, just a, a phenomenal. Tina, uh, um, Alexis Shern, Allen, yeah. Shern. I mean, how many times were you rooting for her when she was kicking ass on screen? Every time. You know what I mean? Who sits there and eats leaves to commit suicide? Who is the one punching folks, getting on their back? Who's the one who's not afraid to call it like it is? That's Tina. Yes, You know, it is. an amazing uh, and Eddie, go, Eddie Beveridge. I mean, you know. You know, Philip. you know, he became Ed... Ed Heavey's replacement, it he felt did. like. And, and uh, uh, strong replacement. Did a great filled job. Filled those shoes perfectly. You know, um, never die easy, you know, and all that stuff. And cool little, I mean, the guy. And so strong. Like, like we said, you know, he came in in the last speech. He was one of the last people we saw, you know. He was carrying the guns. He yeah. was driving. He fit the part perfectly. Barrett Hackney. I mean, who does not love this character, Butch? Who does not think this show was way better having him in there? <laughs> The interactions with him and Frida, you know, which is Eve, yep. and I wish we had got an opportunity to talk to her. His friendship with Sally Ann and Hassel. You know, the bromance. Oh, you know. my goodness. I mean, just this guy. I mean, the look, you know, the trucker hat. The, I mean, just phenomenal, phenomenal. Um, James McCauley, best bad guy. It's tough to say because, you know, Haley Grimes did yes. a pretty good job in the beginning, but she did that redemptive arc better than most. And James really, really delivering it. And like I told him, 
damn it, we need season three because I want to see where his story arc goes from here. Because he guy knows he, he knows how to bring it. Yeah, I mean Haley, she went with the redemptive side. He was like, you know what, I'm going to double down. I'm going to double down on this bad guy thing. See where it can take me, and I'm going to take out Stash. Absolutely. The next, the next guy I want to talk about, and that is Mr. IMDb, <laughs> Mark <laughs> Jeffrey, Jeffrey Miller. Miller. Um, guys, y'all need to listen to the interview. To listen to this guy's voice, you feel like you are being taken into a teleport. I mean, you are just mesmerized beyond belief. It's intoxicating. He could be talking about blueberries and tornadoes, and you'll be just like, yeah, uh, you'll be scooping it up. Man. I mean, you'll. I mean, it's just. The guy is so charismatic, so cool. Look at some of the stuff he's done. We've walked back and watched some different you things. You don't have to in. look at the stuff he's done. Just turn on your TV. And I'm he's lively sure he's on every on other third channel in some part <laughs> of the day. Um, he has continued to talk to us, maintain with us. He texts me regularly. He, you know, he always gives us feedback on our shows. Um, can't say enough about Mark. Really, really, really appreciate you, man. Uh, we met some really cool people that are not necessarily on the show, but are on the show. Uh, Steve Tolan from yes, Tolan FX. We learned a did. lot about the FX part of this um, and some of the things they brought to the table. Have y'all realized that he's the guy who created the head roll down the hill? Yeah, original sheriff. Uh, all the gunshots and stuff. And it was a special thing that he created yeah, to he make it more realistic. It and they use it on the show. I mean, just phenomenal. Y'all to check out his page, some of the stuff they create, and his crew, and what they accomplished. I'm very, very proud of these guys. You're going to see them more and more as we go forward. Um, another person you might you won't see on camera, Rosemary Rodriguez. She yes. was a director on the series. Uh, phenomenal, phenomenal director. She calls it like she saw it. She's not afraid to see with that. And she's also a podcaster. And for so a fellow podcaster to come on our show and then promote on one of our favorite TV shows, that right there shows you. Just how great, genuine, <laughs> nice, and wonderful of a human being that she is. There's no doubt in my mind. She has a new movie out. I think it's called Silver Skies. Silver Skies. So if Definitely you check, check, it, check it, out. it out. I believe you can catch it on Amazon and a few other things. Absolutely. Uh, and, of course, the next one is J.R. Adams. Now, if y'all don't know him, he was when we spoke to him, he was a stuntman for Ryan Hurst. And he gave us a lot of inside information and introduced us via social media to some people who are doing things when it comes to stunt work. And we are big supporters yes. of the stunt work world and community. Uh, like I said, Ed Heavey is also doing stunt and work. Damn it, they deserve an award. Uh, thank you. I mean, they do have some, but I am ready they, for the Academy to exactly. bring it. Exactly. The Academy needs to make this a thing. There is no doubt in my mind. Um, and. The other person, you know, she had a slight cameo on the show. That is your Feralist fan winner, <laughs> uh, and that was Krista Meyer-Gill. Now, guys, she also runs the Feral Territory, which is the, uh, you know, one of the mm -hmm. larger, if not largest, uh, fan groups for Outsiders. Uh, does an amazing job. Uh, really promotes the show. She, I think she's built up the community up to over 10,000, almost 12,000, whatever number it is. Um, she's a real positive force. She is one of the people who is leading this charge for the show to continue. Um, you know, Just give her a big thank you because I, this show I don't think would necessarily be where it is without people like her who are that dedicated yeah. to making this show as great as it is. There's no doubt. Uh, I mentioned early, uh, Jamie McMichael, he's one of the ones who donated some of the um, amazing pieces of art and original set pieces and um, some of the production stuff that we use for our contest. I want to give him a special thanks. And the last person, individual person, I want to say thank you, which is might be a surprise to some people, but we're going to give a little insight on this, is that 
Um, this individual is really the person who got the ball. Open the door for us. Yeah, open the door, got the ball rolling for us to be able to um, have direct contact with some of the actors, be able to, you know. He put his name out there for us without even really meeting us or anything and told these actors, you know, hey, check out this podcast. They're wanting to do some interviews. Check them out. I'll do all the little middleman work if you want to get on there and, and do it. This was out without asking. This is this was pure graciousness. This is pure generosity and kindness. This individual also has offered his home to us. He's offered to try to help us meet with some of the production company and some of the big wigs to even possibly try to get him on the show or be on the set to watch it in production. All these amazing things. And we have never asked for anything. He's just constantly trying to be generous. And he continues to this day and even supports us on other shows that we're doing. Yes. And so I really want to say a really, really special thank, thank you. you from Blee TV, Cash and, and I. The bottom of our hearts, truly. Our, and that is to Ted Williams. And um, a lot of y'all don't know him. He is on the show. He plays one of uh, Big Foster's uh, <laughs> posse, goons, one of his bad guys. You, you know, he's all throughout. And uh, we were very pleased to see him not get shot in the face. Absolutely. You know, and so that was uh, that was good for us. And so when we have season three, which is going to happen, damn it, we're looking forward to seeing his ugly mug uh, on the screen. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and hopefully in person. Hopefully in person. Because when season three happens, we're going to go with that we are going to be taking him up. And so, Ted, really, really appreciate it. The last thing I'm going to say on this, guys, is, is that I want to say thank you to all the amazing fans of the show as well as our podcast. It has been one of the best experiences for Cash and I. It's been a really, really, really special ride for us. It's been one of those things that it's hard to, like I said on a text and tweet and everything else, it's, it's indescribable. Um, Cash and I have sat here for like an hour before we even started podcasting and, and talking about how – it really, really felt special this whole time and what y'all brought to the table and what it's brought a community together for a show, for something that's so well done. And I just wanted to put those two cents out there. I thought that y'all should know that we thank y'all. Uh, yeah, I can't say enough to just our listeners and the fans of this show because I've met people in suits versus you know some of my best friends that I've grown up with that watch this show versus just – so many different people are watching this that you wouldn't expect and they've brought a great community together and then they've taken real world problems and put it into this show and the fact that it was able to blend it and still just make us at ease for an hour once a week is fantastic and I can't thank this show enough for giving us this opportunity but they're going to continue to give us this opportunity Damn right. <laughs> because this will get a season three. Right, right, right. So let's get off the moppy stick here and just be like, um, last thing I'm going to tell you guys is that we have some winners uh, for our amazing outsider set art contest. And, you know, again, thank you all who participated or helped out or shared or helped, you know, promote us. Um, the, the second place winner went to, and uh, we don't know these people's real name, uh, we are going to give you their tag that was associated with their, uh, their entry and the first the second place winner was jasmine d728 uh, we're going to be sending you some amazing um, there's a framed piece of artwork that you're going to be getting and i hope you really enjoy it so private message me 
um, when you get this, so we can get your address and send it your way. And our grand prize winner with the amazing mobile is going to be going to the Kilted Viking is the name. It's a great name. Great name. So if you are Kilted Viking, make sure you also private message me and let me know an address, and we'll be sending you your prize. Um, again, thank you for entering on that and being a part of it. We always like to do a little contest and give back to fans. And so this is always a good feeling for us, and we look forward to doing it again soon. Um, but, guys, uh, I, I never thought yeah. I'd be saying this today, but this is for the season finale only. So we look forward to a season three. Hopefully we're – Until we're, next year. Until next year, exactly. Until next year. But if for some crazy reason it's not or whatever like that, again, it's been an awesome ride. It really has. And um, – Thank you all so much for all the love and support that we've gotten and will continue to get for this amazing show. Absolutely. Guys, again, thank you. And this is Bleed TV, and I'm Zach. And I'm Cash. And we'll see y'all again soon. Get good, y'all.